Hi, I'm Lucas. And I'm Brian. And this is the Quacks Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast for today. It is 11-19. Podcast number 39. Welcome, Brian. How's it going? Hey, how are you, Lucas? I'm good, man. What's going on? Not much. What? Number 39. Wow. Yeah, I know. We've been doing a lot of these, huh? Cool. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, I blinked. Seemed like it was fourteen. I know thirty nine. In February, it's going to be a year, which is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to before we start in, I wanted to hear about your uh, brain supplement that you've been taking. Oh well, then you're going to ask me all the ingredients and specifics of it. I, well, I, I've been interested in some of these nootropics, nootropics, smart drugs, and different things like that, and I started taking something called Siltep. C-I-L-T-E-P, and uh, you take it on an empty stomach, and I was kind of giving up caffeine at the same time, and it was. The first couple days that I took it, it really pepped my brain up and pepped my, gave me a little boost of energy, and I didn't feel any of those caffeine effects, but I definitely felt alert, alert, alert. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> I felt alert. I'm having a series of strokes. And yeah, that uh, brain supplement seems to be working great. It is working great. I <laughs> it, I do change vowels around quite a bit. All right. Now. So you tried it, it made you feel more awake. It did. And I had to write. So like I have to write stuff, you know, do some copywriting. For your stuff. job. Yeah. yeah. For for work. Early in the morning. And sometimes it's it's a little slow going, but I noticed I'd take that stuff before I left the house and by the time i got to work i was like raring to go i would sit yeah. down to start pounding out the words it was pretty amazing that's awesome what was it called one more time siltep siltep c-e-c-i-l-t-e-p and you ran out of it i did run out it was a little tester yeah how, how have you felt since running out did you have a big uh like come down not so not at all okay but cool. i have been taking um dopamine inhibitors or uppers uppers like what what it's just this stuff I've been taking. It's the same company. I got this sounds so half baked because I do not re- remember the name. It's something <laughs> really random, but uh, it's their dopamine uh, builder, and I, I've been taking that okay. over the last few days too. Is this kind of inspired by our talks of dopamine and serotonin? I was already bit? interested, but it definitely boosted me over the edge once I realized that you were doing some of this stuff and you had experimented on yourself with some of these. Um, like a dopamine booster you were taking type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was so disheartened. I found myself like, literally, I was like, oh my God, he doesn't have any more. I wanted <laughs> to try that. So I've, I've, for some reason, I've always kind of gravitated towards this nootropic type um, research. I, I like it. And I just decided I was going to jump into it. It was the right time. I was quitting caffeine. I was trying a couple other things, uh, you know, eliminating from my my life and uh it worked and i'm like eager to get more cool man yeah. that's awesome yeah so we'll see what happens yeah we we just talked i don't know if you listened to the last one but we did an interview with a guy um and he has a supplement out called brain x well he's releasing it it's all yes. about boosting dopamine and right. it was really interesting so that seems to be the theme right now people are, are digging on that stuff yeah people want to be smarter i mean like look at society as a whole everyone seems to be getting dumber i mean like (laughs) i ask (laughs) just kids and some millennials just basic questions that i learned through education that 
I learned a lot longer, you know, way further back than they would have learned it. And they just, huh? What's that? JBT? Walter Mondale, who? Geraldine Ferraro, who? You wouldn't know either of those people either. Those are yeah, those are so politicians from some way types back. of uh, comics or politi- oh, politicians. Okay. Yeah, they're a, they're a comic Actually, team. They're about hey, movie critics, right? Famous movie. She critics. was the first. Actually, Geraldine Ferraro was the first woman to ever run for vice president. Oh, good to know. And she wrote ran with uh, Walter Mondale, and they went against I think Reagan. Oh, they didn't. They didn't fare well. They did poorly. They did poorly. Yes. Okay. So for this week, uh, we're gonna just going to talk about the news, but you know, I had a question come in from a listener about canker sores and what can be done about them. Do you ever get canker sores? I do. All right. Well, this is for you and for Keegan. So canker sores, they usually come from an acidic mouth environment. Now, if you ask a medical professional, professional, uh, they're going to tell you that the true cause of canker sores is, is unknown and they... They kind of posit that it could be from bacteria like H. pylori, which is the bacteria that causes ulcers, or possibly connected to digestive issues like IBS or ulcerative colitis, but they'll basically say they don't know where they come from. But if you look around the web forums, the consensus seems to be that an acidic environment in the mouth is the explanation that has some legs. That makes sense. Yeah, and I always want to find an explanation that you know informs you in a way you can do something about the problem. Uh, not just, well, who knows where it's from. Right. Now, an acidic environment in the mouth can be addressed by avoiding certain uh, very acidic or allergenic foods like chocolate, coffee, strawberries, eggs, nuts, cheese, orange juice, uh, tomatoes, tomato paste, tomato juice, just any anything, tomatoes. Tomato burger. Yep, tomato That's burger. That's about it. <laughs> Spicy <laughs> foods. And this is one of those cases where writing down what you eat when you get a canker sore, is, it's a really good move. Um, it's most likely you're going to see a pattern of eating at a certain restaurant or, you know, maybe having Italian food or something like that, uh, where you can address the problem by adjusting your diet. It's funny you bring that up because I'm dealing with a situation right now. I don't know if it's a canker sore or if I bit the side of my mouth and it's yes mimicking a canker sore, but I have my own uh, therapy for canker sores. And oh, it's really? pretty much foolproof. Anyone I've given it to is 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 helped what is it food grade hydrogen peroxide two-thirds distilled to one-third solution when you say distilled you mean diluted uh, no two-thirds distilled water i should oh okay uh, gotcha shortening it. gotcha two-thirds distilled water to um 30 one uh, percent of the or one-third one-third of, of the 35 yep. percent solution and uh i'm telling you right now i take a dropper of that and then put it in about a a half ounce of water, swish it around my mouth. Anyone I've told from my daughter, my family, um, certain friends that I've turned it on to, instantaneous. It gets rid of canker sores. Wow. Because it's, now it makes sense. I didn't think about why other than the fact that maybe there was some antimicrobial aspect. There was some yeah, bacteria in there. Sure. It's acidity. It's an alkalizer. Yeah. So that's alkalizing your mouth, which is negating some of that acidic those acidic compounds that you're saying actually cause these things yeah totally so that's, i'm like that's wow so cool you tied it together you figured that out or did you hear that from somewhere or? um i had heard it from i can't remember who actually told me that the first time i i get all these people coming in the store the cult of hydrogen peroxide that they've all told me little tidbits about this stuff but it, I, I tried it because i already had this stuff it worked first wow. time i did it so i mean it, it it's pretty amazing that is cool. So on that same vein, like making your mouth more alkaline, 
you can use certain like mouthwashes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's one called closest that I've purchased a few times. That one works really well. Uh, there's no taste whatsoever and it kind of neutralizes the pH in your mouth. Or you can put a teaspoon of baking soda in some water and just swish it around. I've heard you that. Know, that. That'll alkalize your mouth pretty quickly. I've heard a combination of baking soda with raw apple cider vinegar, too. Ooh. I know. It seems sounds, like an acidic compound. Sounds like it might hurt. People take it as an alkalizer, though. People mm. will take it before they eat. People will take it to alkalize themselves, much the same way that a, a spastic child will take speed to slow themselves <laughs> down, you know? Yeah, but but I don't think that the vinegar itself is alkaline. It's acidic, but doesn't it, when it breaks down, it becomes alkaline? I, th- I think so. But there's something about the baking soda aspect of it, too, that I think emulsifies it prior to it hitting the stomach acid. Because mm. I have heard that, too, and I know that people use it on their teeth as well. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, if all that still doesn't work, there is a supplement you can try. It's called sea buckthorn oil. There was a study from the uh, late 80s that treated something like 60 kids with topical sea buckthorn oil. And after three to five days of putting this oil on topically on on canker sores like three to four times a day, 90% of the kids did not have canker sores anymore. Wow. So that seems seems pretty effective. Um, and you can get sea buckthorn, you know, pretty cheaply from, from health food stores. It comes in soft gels, so you might have to puncture a soft gel and, and get the oil and kind of apply it topically that way a few times a day. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that kind of... I grow my own. <laughs> that addresses canker sores, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, got some, you got some good strategies there, Keegan. Yeah. Right. Cool. Keegan, you said? Yeah, he's the one who asked me about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Keegan. All right. Cool. So, a couple articles. First article I want to talk about is on tattoos and some potential issues around tattoos. There was a, an article that came out on Merkula saying basically that tattoo ink could be bad. So I decided to look into what studies have been done around tattoo inks. Turns out incredibly little. And really? Yeah. And in the process, I found that tattoo ink was relatively unregulated by any government agency. I've thought about that, that people just pump that forever ink into their body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, supposedly, they're under the jurisdiction of the FDA. But the FDA put out this statement basically saying they're going to take a pass on dealing with them as, you know, they're not a traditional area of regulation for them. <laughs> Yet every millennial's got neck tattoos now and, and younger. I mean, I mean, they're covered in these things now. Yeah, there's some neck tattoos out there that are really distasteful. Well, I just think it sets a bad precedent. And I don't mean I, I'm going to come off sounding like an old man, but... Maybe I just look at it from a, a standpoint that you're trying to find work or you're meeting people <laughs> or whatever, yeah. you know, for the first time. That, that that's an impression that is left. That back in my day, if I would have walked into, you know, a work situation, if I was looking for work and I had a neck tattoo, I'd probably get a pass. You know, yeah, well, fifteen then, years ago. Eventually, everyone will will have neck tattoos. They already do, and so they'll be the ones doing the interviewing, exactly. and it'll just be cool. But you know, you'd think a little regulation would probably be okay. Like I'm obviously, I'm not a big fan of regulation. I I think regulation, I I always want less. Right. But you think just a little would be good. For something so popular like that, that that is part of our culture, you know? Yeah. But it's just when you see, and I I don't care if people have tattoos, that's great. I, I, I really don't judge you if you're covered in tattoos, but I do look at it from a health standpoint saying, you've got this ink, an unregulated ink, everywhere on your body if sleeves going on. i mean people somehow that pure black they'll just take their arm and just make a black blotch i mean on their entire arm and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my that's just pure ink yeah forever what happens when you're 
20 years down the line and you're going, maybe I don't want that. It's, it's like wearing a shirt that you hate forever. Yeah, I saw a guy with a tattoo where his whole arm was dark and then on his wrist was like this bolt. And so it looked like he had replaced his arm with a, like a tool. Like like at the end of it was a wrench, I should say, not a bolt, but like a wrench. Oh my god! And so gosh. it was just it, it just looked his arm looked like a, a tool. It was it was bizarre. I mean, I understand for Halloween, but won't you in ten years be tired of that? I would think. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. So I did some research on this. About one in five adults have tattoos in the U.S., according to the 2008 Harris poll. And given their popularity, that number has probably risen since then, above one in five. So researchers from uh, the NYU Langone Medical Center did a small survey in New York and found that around 10% of people who get tattoos experience some type of abnormal reaction like pain, rash, or infection that required an antibiotic. Hmm. Now, interestingly, some of those reactions lingered for long amounts of time, particularly in those who received tattoos that used red ink. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, so I did some snooping around, and I found a tattoo artist online who said that their clients who have adverse reactions to cheap jewelry, you know, the kind that have nickel in them, they're the ones who usually react to the red ink. So a possible cause for the sensitivity to red ink could be linked to nickel sensitivity. Mm. And this would also apply to like purple and pink and orange, you know, other colors, depending on how much red they have mixed into them. Now, interestingly enough, at one point, cinnabar was used as a red pigment for tattoos, although it's largely been kind of phased out. Now, for those who don't know what cinnabar is, it's I have an, no idea. It's an awesome history. It has a great history, like going back millennia. Um, it's a reddish ore that was used as a pigment called vermilion in ancient paintings and statues and right. pottery, among other things. So, within alchemy, you know, in the last few hundred years, it was thought to be the philosopher's stone, meaning you could turn, you could use it to turn lead into gold. Its actual mineral content, though, is mercury sulfide, and it is super toxic. <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, so bummer for all those alchemists who downed, you know, this stuff, dreaming of eternal life. It was, it was the totally opposite of that. Now, luckily, they're not using this in tattoos as much, but they are still using cadmium, which is a heavy metal, uh, but makes a nice red pigment. So, all that is to say red inks just cause problems well look at red m and m and m's too yeah (laughs) (laughs) this red dyes in general i'm wary of them yeah because when i was a kid you couldn't eat the red m and m's because they caused cancer what you never heard that no i mean i've heard of like well you're much younger than i die being bad but i you know they pulled the red m and m's they had to stop making red m and m's for a long time because the dye was causing cancer linked to cancer really yes wow that's hilarious this is in like the late 70s okay 80s you know early 80s yeah that's true wow that's nuts um the other color that kind of gets the most uh cases of reported irritation is black uh there's a 2011 study published in the british journal of dermatology cited black as the pigment that contained the most amount of nanoparticles nanoparticles are super small particles that easily absorb deeper into your skin and they potentially get into your organs where they can cause inflammation and Mm. nerve damage and might be carcinogenic. Uh, So black tattoo inks are usually based on soot and (laughs) they may contain hazardous polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons and phenol, which causes all kinds of inflammation and issues. 
So please rethink that mom tattoo on your shoulder. <laughs> so yeah, you know, bottom line, red and black ink seem to be the worst ink colors out there health-wise. And black is by far the most prevalent. Totally, yeah. Oh, nanoparticles? Nanoparticles, yeah. Oh, and, you and know I've been what, thinking about getting another one. You know what had the least amount of nanoparticles was white ink, the one that nobody uses. Well, how, you can't even see the tattoo, can and, you? Well, I guess it depends on what color you are. That's true. You know? Um, <laughs> all inks could potentially Spoken cause Spoken like issues. a true cracker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there are organic inks that have less chance of causing abnormal problems but those tend to fade pretty quickly oh so you know the better you want your tattoo to look probably the worst it's going to be for you health-wise okay yeah and i was just pretty surprised there wasn't much research done on tattoos in general it's kind of a they've been around for a while i know it's kind of a roll of the dice i think long-term complication wise and given how many people are getting these these days i think we'll find out in the next few decades you know, how harmless or harmful they may be. I have a tattoo with a bunch of color in it. Really? <laughs> now I'm starting to freak out because I'm going, uh, there's no red though. Oh, good. Yellow, green, blue. Ooh, I don't think there's red. I'm going to have to look at it again. All right. I've only had it for 20 years. Yeah, you're probably okay at this point, I'm right? fine. No problem. I'm not going to lose my hair or anything. <laughs> yes, Brian is bald. I'm bald. By choice, you shave it off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I still have the stuff on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> so the next article i want to talk about it was also on Merkula, but the research is based uh it's based on comes from oregon state university in collaboration with ohio state university so researchers they were studying fruit flies and whether the types of light they were exposed to had an impact on their lifespan so fruit flies they share some of our genetic code and they have very short lifespan so they can be useful in experiments like this where they're testing whether something impacts your lifespan uh, at all, where it would be difficult with animals, you know, who might live for years, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to quote from Merkula here because it explained the experiments really well. So they first kept adult flies in a daily cycle of 12 hours of white fluorescent lighting followed by 12 hours of darkness. The second group was kept in constant darkness. After analysis of lifespan and neurological function, the researchers found that those in constant darkness exhibited a significant extended lifespan compared to those who were in the light for 12 hours each day. Hmm. Now, the light used in the experiments contained a substantial amount of blue light, which led to the second stage of the experiment. During this stage, the first group of flies was kept in blue LED light for 12 hours, followed by 12 hours of darkness. The second group was kept in white LED light with a blue wavelength blocked for 12 hours, followed by 12 hours of darkness. Those kept in the blue light had a dramatic reduction in their lifespan. Oh, my goodness. Which was shortened by approximately 10%. Uh, the researchers noted accelerated damage to the retinal cells as well as neurodegeneration and impaired locomotor performance in the test flies. Oh, boy. End quote. So, so basically, if that translated to humans, it's like a 10% reduction in lifespan, which could be around seven years or so. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And, and that's from screens? That's from fluorescent light on these flies. But I mean, like, is that blue light the same stuff that we're getting from our phone? Yeah. That's what Correct. I'm saying. So, so every light, you know, has different uh, amounts of blue or orange or red or whatnot. And so they isolated out the blue light to say, look, this blue light itself, if you have everything else in the spectrum but blue, you live longer than exactly. with the blue. Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. So... 
the article basically goes on to talk about how blue light it can kind of increase free radicals, you know, cause sleep problems and I think we've talked a bit about that in the podcast, so I'm not I'm not really going to go into it, but you can read the article. But what this article reminded me of was a change that I recently made that has seriously increased my health and energy and it's easy, it's not that expensive and I've been rolling on it for about 3 months. Um, and I've just, I've never looked back and I went to me goose. I went from using a computer screen to a projector and I also changed my TV screen to a projector. Now, for some reason, when I use a regular LCD monitor or a TV screen, I get all kinds of problems on, you know, extended viewing. If I spend a whole day in front of a computer monitor, like my eyes hurt, I'm exhausted. I I feel today. I feel numb. It's just, it, it feels terrible, right? It's bad. Yeah. It just feels... It feels awful. It's not something I look forward to and I, or I like doing it all. And I've been looking at a computer monitor on a day-to-day basis for a very long time. Just to give you history on me, I, I played computer games as a kid for hours and hours. So, I mean, if we're talking about like coal mining, I would definitely have the black lung. You would have the black lung By pop. now. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing my long-term exposure is pretty high. Now, since moving to a projector that I bought for around 150 bucks, I have no eye strain, no headaches, no tiredness. I could literally stare at my wall with an image projected on it all day and feel totally fine. It, it's made looking at things on the web go from like, ugh, to like, oh, yeah. Wow. I know. So if I had to guess, I would bet that in the future, people will move to using projectors at home as all this screen time that we're exposed to from phones and you know school laptops. I, I, I think it catches up with people. Well, you're talking about smart people here. Because think of, I mean, like, I just think of the ease and access of everyone having that phone or having these these screens all around them. How many people are going to go, they're going, ugh, I'm not going to go get a projector. I'm not going to, I mean, like smart mm. people would. Yeah. And I'm going to go get one now that you're telling me this because I spend a lot of time on here. I don't know how my coworkers are going to feel about it. I'm just going to tell them not to walk past that wall. This is this is my <laughs> workspace now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine has quite a bit of distance between the wall and the projector, probably like 10 feet I don't know how it would work like at a desk, you know? Could you get a projector that's super small and would and would do just like a little square image? I don't Maybe. know. But at home, for sure, I want to get this. Yeah. I mean, f- for television as well, because I watch on the net anyways, so... Yeah. I just project it onto the wall. Yeah, I used to, I used to have to, like, ration my screen time. So I'd be like, okay, I got to do the podcast, so I'm going to spend a couple hours looking at the screen for that and then i gotta oh i'm gonna watch a show tonight okay like and i didn't want to go over a certain point because after i went over a certain point i just start to feel like garbage yeah you know but with this thing it just it made things so much easier with the projector so this is an aside did you get disney plus that came out this week no i did not okay good for you what is it i'm a sucker did you i did i got it for the mandalorian Oh yeah, I've and heard that's good. It's fantastic. Is it really? It's really good, dude. It's, it's a movie or what? It's, it's a, a TV show? show. It's the first Star Wars live action television show. Okay, how many episodes are there? There's been two. There's going to be eight, but I can tell that there was probably six, and they go string it out a little because the last one okay. was like a half an hour long. Okay, but very well done. Yeah. So I'm going to project that onto my wall. Nice, dude. I'd be curious to see what you think. So, just to just to wrap it up, you know, hopefully people start using these more and they stop using those just terrible fluorescent bulbs. And just, just a tip I wanted to say, like if you're a manager or an owner of a business uh, that has an office, like a great way to lower worker stress in general is just to switch your lighting to incandescent range instead Mm. of fluorescent. Okay. It makes a big difference. 
like long term, your workers, I think, are going to thank you just because it has less blue light, more orange light. Uh, and like this study is saying, you know, blue light overexposure can be bad. I think it's funny that in most workplaces, fluorescent light is, I, I don't know if it's because it's cheaper. That scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> that's that's the show dog. He, he yeah. protects the studio. Um, I don't know what I was saying, actually. Cheaper? Oh, cheaper or what? But I've always been, had this just cringe and adverse reaction to fluorescent lights since I was young. Yeah. And um, I've gone out of my way in certain situations to replace fluorescent bulbs, even when it meant employers or other people not necessarily knowing that I'm doing that. Mm. But I always wondered why. It, it seems to me this insidious because they've known what fluorescent lights, because aside from what you're telling us with the fruit flies, there is something to be said about the dulling of intelligence and cognitive properties that I've heard associated with fluorescent lights as well. And I always wondered if that was by design. It might in be. schools. It might be like fluorescent light. It has a lot of blue light that's really stimulating. And then you pump up the AC, you make it really cold, and you might get some more worker productivity out of that. Mm. You know, there's a there's a, a reasoning behind that. Like, okay, we stimulate them, we make it cold, they get coffee, like they'll work harder. Yes. But you burn out real quick doing that. You know, you, you burn your workers up. So it's not a good long-term solution. There's less pushback from the fluorescence too. You just kind of do your thing. And maybe, yeah. Maybe you get more docile workers. Mm-hmm. The the incandescent boys are are mounting a rebellion. Like Hindu cows. <laughs> that was a great movie, wasn't it? Yes. All right, man. That's all I got for this week. It was a nice little... Uh, we had some nice little tidbits. Yep. Nice chill, chill podcast. And uh, yeah, check out a projector. They're pretty cheap. And yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. I feel way better. I feel uh, like I'm going to go out and start pricing some of these doodads today. Yep. Go to Amazon. There's some cheap ones. This one's 150 which is, is kind of mid-range. There's there's much more expensive ones, but then there's ones that are in the 50, 60 range that I think might be pretty garbage. But Yeah, I want something pretty good if I'm going to be throwing all my horses behind this thing. Totally. So quackspodcast.com if you uh, are interested in anything that we put up, any recommended items, that kind of thing. And uh, shoot us an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or you want to uh, have a suggested podcast topic. We'd be happy to hear it. And or yeah. if you want to be the topic. Yeah, you could give us know. your... your uh, Who are you? You give us your health problems and we'll, we'll come up with stuff right. for you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Be well.